I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I, I gotta say, I feel kind of bad about doing this podcast. I, I, I don't mean the whole series. I, I love doing it in general. I just mean this individual episode, because after I went on that whole spiel uh, at the end of last year about how I was going to do more, I had to wait almost, uh, well, actually not almost, over two weeks of uh, January to finally get off my lazy ass and record. I mean, we've got we're halfway through this month and if you listen to certain people, we've got less than 5 days to live because once Trump gets into office, we're all dead anyway. But uh <laughs> sorry, I just I think I should have gotten to this podcast a bit sooner. Work's been crazy. So crazy in fact that when I went in to cover another shift last night, they said, "Okay, now, you've got four days off after this, and also, once you come back, you're only going to be working two days, so you've got another four days off. So, I'm going to try to have some more material uh, what, for the uh, for my next time off, either way. But regardless, uh, got a full show for you today. Lots of news to discuss. Not all of it good, but then again, if it was all good news... Uh, I wouldn't be suffering, and let's be honest, sometimes you get a little joy over me suffering. There, There is that that slight joy. I am the voodoo doll of boxing, almost. You, you just kind of stick a little prick in me. Well, that didn't sound right at all. That sounded rather filthy. You know what? Let's move on to the news, and it's this first article. Good God, you know, I ended 2017 saying, stop, let's stop with MMA fighters calling out boxers, particularly stop calling out Floyd Mayweather. I am tired of hearing about it. I am tired of fans posting about it. Not fans, sorry. I'm tired of friends. I am tired of friends posting about it on Facebook, baiting me. They are baiting me and I am taking the bait. It's impossible for me to because they have. I, I I'm not calling. Uh, I, they got friends that I don't know, but I'm not saying they're stupid. But they're just less intelligent. They they do not have the wisdom and insight and foresight that I have when it comes to these things. I mean, if they listened to me, if they listened to the podcast, they'd be a lot smarter. They would be. I don't know, they'd be captain of the, of the debate team or something. I don't know. But either way, I am so, so tired about Floyd Mayweather talking about a fight with Conor McGregor that is never going to happen. And shame on Floyd Mayweather. Shame, shame. Damn you to hell. Why are you even hinting that, oh, I, I might be willing to come back for the McGregor fight, but nothing else. Oh, shut up. Please, you are going to be 40 years old next month. It's like I wrote on Facebook. What 40-year-old retired, undefeated, multi-division, multi-millionaire champion who made more in one fight than 20 fighters will make in their combined careers would actually want to come out of retirement to face somebody in a sport where they have never professionally competed before. Connor is not a professional boxer, okay? All these UFC fighters talk about fighting Floyd, and then they lose. 
It's what happened to Ronda Rousey. It's what happened to Conor McGregor. Instead of using Floyd's name, they should try to build their own legacy. Muhammad Ali never talked about Joe Lewis or Rocky Marciano. He talked about himself. When Muhammad Ali won the title, he didn't say, I want to fight Joe Lewis, I want to fight Rocky Marciano. He just wanted to fight anybody. He wanted to fight all the contenders to prove that he was the greatest of all time. That's what he did. That's why he is the greatest of all time. But I don't know what Conor McGregor is doing. So now Dana White's getting involved, and I I really can't stand Dana White. He's a guy who I... You know, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. He knows what he's doing business-wise, but sometimes I think he believes that he's a bigger star than anybody, than any of the fighters in the UFC. If you don't believe me, take a look at the first uh, issue of the now-defunct UFC magazine. Because on the cover is nobody, nobody who fights in the UFC. It's Dana White. So it's like, oh, wow. You know, please show off your star power some more, UFC. But now he's saying that uh, Floyd Mayweather uh, is lying about an offer that he apparently made to Conor McGregor. That uh, apparently uh, Floyd said that he offered Conor McGregor a guaranteed purse of $15 million to fight in a boxing match. Dana White's saying, no, this is not true. And Dana White's actually offering $25 million to Mayweather. Floyd says that he's not going to come back for anything less than $100 million. The fight's not going to be made. He said that his number is a guaranteed $100 million, okay? Why are we having this discussion in 2017? Seriously, I mean... Why am I still covering this? Why? I I really got no choice, unfortunately. That's because whenever I go on boxing news sites, I keep seeing more about this stuff. So I'm going to do my best to avoid it. Unless the fight actually happens, then I'll talk about this monstrosity joke of a... I mean, it's it's not the biggest joke in the sport. That would be the Soldier Boy Chris Brown fight. But either way... Let's move on from this. Okay. This is a bit of news that I want to mention on the uh, final podcast of 2016. I was just... Uh, it, it slipped my mind. This is why I should write stuff down. But Miguel Cotto versus James Kirkland. For some reason, Miguel Cotto thought that he would sit out all of 2016, maybe... Maybe he spent the whole year spending time with his children and crying a lot because he loves them so much. I don't know. But he's finally decided that uh, he is going to have what could be the final fight of his career. There were constant rumors that he was uh, going to be having a fight with Juan Manuel Marquez. And I just said that was because Cotto wanted to end his career with a victory over a prominent Mexican. That's all it was. That's all it was. I mean, he knew that when he fought Margarito that Margarito did not really uh, have the support of the Mexican people behind him because he'd been exposed as a cheater. So, I mean, yeah, it was a big Mexico-Puerto Rico fight, but it the, the luster of it was severely tarnished by the uh, Margarito hand wrap scandal. 
But uh, the uh, Cotto versus Kirkland fight, that's very exciting. has the potential to be a, a great fight. Kirkland, oh, you know, when you think about blown potential and what could have been, the one name that really comes to mind is James Kirkland. And I, I'm not being rude. I mean, I I don't mind the guy. I'm sure that he he's a very good fighter, very entertaining to watch. But I, I just think you know he's uh, he's going to be 33 in March, and you would have thought that he'd have a championship by now. Really, you, you did. You'd have thought that, but for some reason it, it just didn't happen. Bad management on his part, bad career moves, uh, a lot of hiatuses, which were really, really unnecessary. But now he's uh, he's apparently back with Ann Wolf. Great, smart move, especially after I, I can't even remember the name of the guy he had in his corner for the Alvarez fight. But uh, yeah, that that guy. You get the sense that he really did not know what he was doing. That he just happened to know James Kirkland. And he said, oh, I'll work your corner. And he's trying to say that, oh, Freddie Roach started somewhere. And I'm going to start somewhere. No, I'm glad that Kirkland's back with Ann Wolf. That makes the fight a hell of a lot more intriguing. She is going to bring out the beast in James Kirkland. The only question is, uh, is that beast going to be vicious enough to defeat Miguel Cotto? Cotto... Uh, you know, both it's it's interesting. These guys are fighting each other. Both of them, their uh, their last fight was a loss to Canelo Alvarez. Uh, Cotto uh, lost the middleweight championship to Alvarez, and in, in a lot of people's opinion, uh, Alvarez scored the knockout of the year against uh, James Kirkland. So. I'm really looking forward to that fight. It's going to be taking uh, place at a catch weight, I believe, of 153 pounds. Not not too surprising. Like I said, Cotto, Cotto always seemed a bit big for the junior middleweight division. I said that he would look like a muffin top if he went full 160, and that's probably why he never did, but... Regardless, I, th- I think the fight's very interesting. It's going to be a very interesting matchup. Uh, probably going to be end in a knockout. Regardless of who loses, I think they'll be retiring. Because uh, Cotto, he's, uh, I think he's 35 right now? Oh, no, yeah, Miguel Cotto, Miguel Cotto's actually 36. But, I mean, it's not terribly old. But still, he's probably thinking, okay, this is this is it. You know, one more and walk into the sunset and wait for the Hall of Fame to call. Kirkland, if he can win, then he keeps his career on life support once more and maybe gets a title shot. Who knows? Maybe set up a fight with Arislandi Lara. Speaking of Arislandi Lara... Yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> Arisani Lara knocks out Yuri Foreman in round four. Thank God he did that because I don't think... I've been accused of being a cheerleader for Arisani Lara in the past. And maybe I have been. 
I think I was certainly instrumental in getting uh, the fight with Canelo Alvarez made, a fight which I think Lara did win, and so do a lot of other people. But regardless of that, we're not going to talk about that. We are going to talk about the fight with Yuri Foreman. Before, I, I watched this fight on Spike, and and by watched it on Spike, I meant I had to work that night, so I watched the uploaded video of it to YouTube. Uh... <laughs> What I'm gonna be, I th- I think we should be honest, okay? But uh, before the uh, before the fight began, they showed the tail of the tape, and they said that Laura was one of the uh, pound for pound best fighters in the world. Hmm, I've got the I've got uh, one of the more recent issues of Ring Magazine in front of me. This is the January uh, 2017 issue, and uh, oddly enough, that's the issue where they rank the best uh, 100 best fighters in the world. Arislandi Lara currently ranked number 19, just behind uh, fighters like Tim Bradley, Keith Thurman, and Danny Garcia, but also ahead of fighters like Leo Santa Cruz, uh, Adonis Stevenson, James DeGale, Sean Porter, etc., etc. So, an argument could be made, one of the best uh, fighters in the world, if, you know, you stretch that to the top 25 or something like that. And, yeah, there's there's the criticism, there's the sting on Lara, that he's a very boring fighter, that he's not active enough, that he spends too much time running around in the ring, and that nobody likes him. But, I don't know, I was actually surprised by the ovation he got from the crowd. Listen to this. As a professional, 23 wins, 2 losses, 2 draws, 13 wins coming by way of knockouts. Fighting out of Houston, Texas, by way of Guantanamo. Now, obviously, that's due to the heavy uh, Cuban population in Florida and Miami. But you know what? Good. If you got a Cuban fighter, have him fight where there are a lot of Cubans. I'm sorry. This isn't rocket science. Okay? Because I'm a terrible rocket scientist. But I understand boxing to some degree. And just put the fighter where you know he's going to draw doesn't you know doesn't require that much thought i know i never use that much either way (laughs) uh very technical fight this one um the commentators i didn't get a lot of their uh uh comments mainly because the the quality of it just wasn't up to my standards but they were talking about laura and they said even though he is not an active fighter, at the same time he is very, very accurate. I mean, it, it's a bit, it's a bit weird how accurate he can be, but sometimes still lose these decisions. They brought up the uh, Paul Williams fight, which they said was an outright robbery. In fact, all three judges—I forgot about this—all three judges were suspended afterwards. And of course, the Canelo fight, which again. Uh, a lot, a lot of people, including myself, thought that uh, Lara won that fight. But again, he's not doing um, a lot in the fight. But you can tell that he's winning. He's dominating. He, his uh, footwork, his hand speed is superior to that of Foreman. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't really have much to worry about from Foreman. I think uh, Foreman only had ten knockouts. 
in his 30-some victories. So either way, Lara's doing a good job. Got a uh, got a bogus knockdown in the third round. Uh, their feet got tangled, and Foreman went to the floor, and for some reason the referee called that a knockdown. It was probably just because Lara landed a punch, and then he probably thought it was some sort of delayed reaction from Foreman, even though the feet got tangled. But regardless, in the fourth round, Lara... Foreman starts fighting back, and I think the the uh, Lara gave him some false confidence. Like, okay, you landed those shots. Those didn't really do anything, but do it again. See what happens. And when Foreman's coming in, Lara uh, throws... I believe it was his left hand... And just lands this beautiful uppercut, follows through, and it drops Foreman. And Foreman's, as you may recall from the Miguel Cotto fight many years ago, uh, bad knee problems. And as soon as he went down, I thought, oh, the knee, the knee. Because he gets up and (laughs) the knee is wobbly. It looks like it's going to give out on him. And the referee just waves it off. He kind of knows, okay, you're done, son. And even if that wasn't the knee, then he had no business continuing the fight. Uh... Good performance from Arislandi Lara. He did what he should have been doing against fighters like Delvin Rodriguez, but that's neither here or there. Uh, knocked out Foreman. He wanted to do that in six rounds or less. He did it. And, you know, big ovation. Well, big as the Cubans could give uh, Lara at the end. I mean, let, let's, not, let's not be honest. This wasn't a huge arena, but still. Let's take it to Jimmy Smith in the ring with the winner. Standing by with Eris Landy Lara right now. I'm here with your winner, the American Dream, Eris Landy Lara. You promised a knockout before the sixth round. The sixth round has the field to deliver. Primero que nada, quiero darle el apoyo. Gracias por todo a mis cubanos que vinieron a apoyarme. Y yo lo prometí y lo cumplí. He said, first I want to thank all my Cuban fans that came out. Uh, I promised I'd do it, and I did it. You talk about the big names, the guys in this division, guys at middleweight that don't want a piece of me because they don't think I'm exciting, I don't think I get the knockout. That was a message to them. What's your message in words to the rest of the division? Toda la gente siempre tiene excusa no pelear contigo. Ahora señalate todo el mundo que puede no quiera cualquiera. ¿Quién tú quieres en la próxima pelea? En la próxima pelea queremos pelear con los mejores de la división. Yo estoy cansado de decir los nombres. Yo en algo loco y queremos ganarlo ahora de nuevo. Y Andrade, así que estamos listos. He says, you know, he just wants to fight the best in the world. You know, he's tired of mentioning names. They know who they are. Golovkin, Canelo, uh, Andrade, the best. We want to fight the best. The American dream, that's your nickname, is to come from nothing and be the best in the world. What does he have to say to this crowd, to the fans about the American dream? Sueño americano, veniste de nada de Cuba, ahora está aquí. ¿Qué tú necesitas decirle a la gente aquí? Primero que nada, estoy muy contento por los logros que he tenido aquí. Mi nombre es American Dream porque he cumplido mi, mi sueño gracias a mi familia, a mi esposa y a mi, a mi equipo, a mi team. Y, y también quiero darle muchas felicidades a Luis de Cuba, Fade, que es su cumpleaños hoy. Esta pelea se la digo a él. He says, uh, first off, he just wants to thank all the Cuban fans for coming. Uh, he wants to thank his wife, Yuli, all his fans, 
all his kids, everybody, and he says he wants to have a special gift thanks to my father, it's his birthday today. He dedicates this fight to him for his birthday. Well, happy birthday, that's a great knockout. Let's give it up for the American Dream and Islandi Lala, ladies and gentlemen. And there you have it, Eris Landy Lara walking away, holding his belts. Big moment for him. Antonio, I saw you standing up and applauding him. What a great, great moment for him to come out here in Miami where he's got so many fans and get the knockout. Definitely was, man. And like I said, he put everybody on notice. I mean, he's just more than just a boxer now. He's punching with authority. And he knows those close decisions cost him. Now, if he gets in that big fight, he's going to be more aggressive he's going to be able to make those lando shots that could possibly ko one of these superstars or champions that we have out there now lara obviously wants another shot at uh canelo alvarez he wants to set the record straight he's also talked uh for uh, a little while about facing gennady golovkin and personally i think okay look if you want to face gennady golovkin move up Go up to 160 pounds, and then what you do is you become sort of the big, the new monster of the middleweight division. Gennady's got, uh, I think, well, he's got to get through uh, Daniel Jacobs, get that WBO title, but then afterwards, he's if he does, he'll have all the belts, and then if you move up, if Lara moves up, and like I said, becomes the new uh, monster of 160 pounds then everybody's going to be saying to Golovkin, aren't you going to fight this guy? Come on, he, he's talked about fighting you. Like, it shouldn't be that hard to beat him, should it? You know, it would be a classic boxer versus puncher matchup. Lara would get a chance to really prove himself again on the big stage, even though a lot of people say he, he doesn't deserve the opportunity. Who the hell has he beaten? Well, like it or not, I still think that he beat Canelo Alvarez. Okay. Now, that's just how I see it. But if Lara's going to uh, keep campaigning for a fight with Triple G, then he's got to move up. There's no way around it. Because I don't think he's going to get a fight with the Charlo brothers. Uh, if, I'm, if I recall correctly from the broadcast, they mentioned that both brothers are trained by Ronnie Shields, who is also the trainer for Arislandi Lara. So he got to do something. You either hold on and then keep defending the WBA and IBO uh, super welterweight title or you move up to 160 pounds balls in his court right now moving on james DeGale versus badu jack for the unified wbc ibf super middleweight championship with the vacant ring magazine championship on the line Whew! what a fight really good fight DeGale scored a flash knockdown in the first round uh knocked jack down uh Referee Arthur McCanty Jr. almost got knocked down as well. He got uh, hit during the fight near uh, the end of one of the rounds. And then Badu Jack scores his own knockdown against James DeGale. And DeGale looked really hurt. That was a much harder knockdown than uh, Jack took. So it's kind of obvious that James DeGale, or rather Badu Jack, sorry. Badu Jack had some sort of uh, eye for an eye kind of mentality at the end of the fight. Yeah, an eye for an eye. Get out. And a tooth for a tooth? Certainly. Get out of here. Well, there is only one tooth lost in this fight. Uh, yeah, James DeGale got one of his teeth knocked out. 
Uh, well, let's be honest. He's a Brit. They don't have the best reputation for oral hygiene. But <laughs> no, no, no. That 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 was in terrible taste. I apologize. Not really. But really good fight. Great way to sort of kick off big boxing in 2017. Even though that really wasn't the first fight. But regardless, you know, great standard bearer. And then they go to the scorecards, and it's a draw. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Uh, and the thing is, I, I, I think that whoever had won the fight, that there probably would have been calls for a rematch. I, I, I think, anyway. Just just because of uh, the uh, just the way the fight carried out, it was a lot better than people expected it to be. Some people are already saying fight of the year. I'm saying, well, we're only two weeks in, so shut up about fight of the year for a minute. And uh, the, the funny thing is, they're, they're talking about, oh, you know, let's do a rematch. DeGale wants it. DeGale says, hey, you know, come to London, England. I'll pay for you. And originally, Jack is saying, yeah, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do a rematch. Absolutely. I've got the audio. Listen to it. You fight again at 168. If it's a rematch, yeah. And then they ask the same question a few, like not even a few minutes later. It it it's got to be less than a minute later, and you can hear Floyd Mayweather, who is the promoter of Badu Jack. He's telling them not very subtly. No, we're moving up to 175. We're moving up to 175. And well, just listen. You're gonna do it again? Huh? Do it again? It's time to move like Floyd, why not fight again at 168? And I don't know why, but Floyd sounds incredibly uncomfortable talking with Jim Gray all of a sudden. I don't know. Maybe it's because he he's trying to spin this as best he can and knows that he's not doing a good job. I don't know. Listen for yourself. Floyd, why not fight again at 168? Um, Badu Jack has got too big for the 168 pound. We had plans on after this fight moving up to light heavyweight. This is the second time in a row Badu Jack has got a bad decision. But this was a good fight. This was a great fight. So there's a lot of disappointment because both guys feel that they won. But this was a tremendous, tremendous fight. Just listening to that boo, I mean, the, the, the crowd could see through it. And it, it almost feels like Floyd could see through it too. He... This is what happens when boxers become promoters. They become what they despise. They become a part of the system, which they always try to rail against. It's why I never understood Bernard Hopkins always going on about the boxing establishment wanting wanting him out of the sport. It's like, dude, you're a managing partner in Golden Boy Promotions. You are the establishment. But, yeah, with Floyd... <laughs> He, he just makes it more obvious, even though he probably doesn't realize it. But that was uh, Jack versus DeGale. Really, really good fight. Great fight. Uh, I hope they do it again. I hope uh, we don't have to wait for the uh, for uh, both guys to be at the light heavyweight division. Floyd went on to say that to uh, kind of rail against uh, judges in boxing, uh, uh, giving examples of his fight with Oscar De La Hoya and Canelo Alvarez, how uh, some fight, uh, some judges had Oscar and Canelo winning that fight. I mean, 
doesn't matter, but it's like Floyd, just just because Jack's going to move up doesn't mean that the bad decisions he may or may not get aren't going to follow him, okay? I mean, I don't know. Either way, let's move on to the final story of this podcast, and that is Julio Cesar Chavez versus Canelo Alvarez has been finalized. Now, I I know this is like the third podcast in a row that I've hyped on this, but it, it it's just poor Oscar, poor Oscar. He, he's got to be at home biting what's left of his nails, thinking, "Oh no, ah, uh, uh, Andrew is going to tear me apart on uh, the next podcast." I am Oscar because, oh, 164 and a half pounds this fight is taking place at. And for those of you new to the podcast or new to the sport, in this, in this sport, a weight of 164 and a half pounds, that's what we call a catch weight. There's no catch weights here at Golden Boy Promotions. The fight has been finalized. It will be taking place on May 6th of this year. They're uh, either going to be fighting at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas or the AT&T Stadium in Texas. Now, uh, the interesting thing about this is, can uh, Julio Cesar Chavez get down to the catchweight of 164.5 pounds? Now, apparently, he has uh, gone on record in saying that if he comes in overweight... He is going to be fined a million dollars per pound. That's damn. If that, if that's true, he better make sure he comes in uh, on weight, and I, I hope he doesn't drain himself. But one thing I think is very interesting. I think that a lot of Mexican fans are going to be uh, siding with Chavez instead of Canelo. Canelo is a bigger star. He's probably rated. Well, no, there, there's no probably. He is rated higher pound for pound than uh, Chavez Jr. But I think that a lot of Mexican boxing fans are probably tired of all the excuses and meaningless double talk from Canelo and De La Hoya as to why the Triple G fight hasn't happened yet. Hopefully, it'll happen after this. I am still very adamant. That Oscar is going to use the excuse of, oh, well, Canelo, you know, we, we tried to get him uh, up to 160 pounds, but now we can't get him down to 160 pounds. Like, he's gotten so used to the weight at 164 pounds that he's going to be campaigning at super middleweight now. I, I honestly fear that's what's going to happen. That they are going to use the excuse of that he's having difficulty getting down to 160 pounds instead of just moving up to 160 I hope that's not the case. I mean, Oscar, Canelo, please prove me wrong this year. But, uh, yeah, I'm not holding out a lot of hope. I, the, the fight does seem pretty exciting, all things considered. But uh, I think I actually do have that weekend off. So I hope I, uh, I, hope I can watch it. But either way, you know, everybody's going to be looking forward to the future after May 6th, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. 
We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxing for free. Be like Arislandi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to YouTube.com slash boxing for free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash boxing for free page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. It's over? Wow. I can't wait for the next episode. Whenever that is, am I right?